Hello and welcome to Tribal Council, a show in which two brothers who had never seen Survivor before started from the very beginning. I'm Patrick. And I'm Chris. And this week we're going to talk about season 19, Samoa, episodes 11, 12, and 13. But first, we have some more contestants for Survivor 46 to talk about. I almost forgot. We're going to talk about another tribe. Last week we talked about a tribe. And this week we're going to talk about a different one. Mm-hmm. Last time we talked about Nima, maybe? Siga? Siga? Siga, Nami, and... Last week we talked about Siga. This week we're going to talk about Yanu. Yanu. Yes, purple. Yanu. So we have six more. Um, if you didn't hear last week's episode, I put their like questionnaire interview into ChatGPT and told ChatGPT to summarize them in two sentences. And ChatGPT made some very long, or I, I might have said three sentences because some of these are also three. Uh, ChatGPT uh, did that. And so here we go. The first contestant that I'll talk about from Yanu is Jessica Chong. Jess, um, ChatGPT summarized them by saying they are a 37-year-old software engineer based in San Francisco, originally from Hong Kong in Toronto, is described as a silly and animated individual with a passion for sewing clothes, biking with her husband, and binge-watching TV shows. Known for her persistence and compassion, she took significant career risks quitting entry-level jobs at 24 to start a successful freelance web design business and later transitioned into software engineering, where she now mentors others in the field. Despite her lively exterior, people might be surprised to learn that she's an identical twin, played rugby in college, and types at an impressive speed of 140 words per minute. Can you read the first... Before the comma of that last sentence, despite her what? Her lively exterior. Despite her lively exterior, we might be surprised to know she's a twin. Mm-hmm. And she played that... rugby in college, and she types fast. I don't... That was an illogical sentence, ChatGPT. Uh, I was like, I feel like having a lively exterior doesn't mean, like, well, I would never expect her to be a twin. Um... Twins don't have lively exteriors. Yeah. People who play rugby absolutely don't have lively exteriors. 140 words per minute is really fast. That one's fair. That one's fair. I would expect her to be a pretty internal person. Usually, uh, like, once a, every year or two, I'll, like, do some typing tests. I'll just, like, look them up on some website just to see where I'm at. Um, And I usually hover around, like, 100 if I'm, like, really going for it. So 140 is, like... I think really fast. Oh, I mean, yeah, that is very fast. Uh, I, so I have listened to interviews with all six of the Yanu people. So that information is going to be leaking in here a little bit. I don't think Jess is going to last. I think that she seems great. I think that she has a good resume. I don't, I just don't think that she's going to go far. And maybe I'm wrong. I just like feel like she doesn't got it. Mm-hmm. But maybe I'm wrong. All right. Uh, I think I agree with you. Next, we have a 41-year-old IT quality analyst originally from Visak, 
Vishakhapatnam, India, now residing in Acton, Massachusetts, is described as an energetic, disciplined, and passionate individual who finds joy in dancing, swimming, and yoga. Despite appearing extroverted due to, uh, this says her, but I believe it's his excellent first-time impressions and expressive social media presence, he identifies as an introvert at heart, a quality not immediately apparent. His proudest accomplishment is becoming a U.S. citizen, and his friends appreciate his adaptability, independence, and emotional support in various cities he's lived in. You didn't give this person a name. Uh, that is Banu Gopal. Banu. Okay, Banu from Yanu. Yes. Uh, yeah. I'm very worried of the... I'm an introvert, but I pass for it as an extrovert, but I'm really an introvert. Because, like, 26 days being surrounded by people is a long time to keep playing up that you're an extrovert. Uh, which, not that introverts can't do well on Survivor, but, like... Uh, friends appreciate to... his adaptability, so he's able to adapt. And it's not immediately apparent he's an introvert, so he's able to Well, hide. sure, but 26 days is not immediate. Yeah. I think uh, early merge. That's my vibe from Banu. Or like he makes it to the merge, but then gets eliminated. Yeah, he'll get like ninth, tenth place. Okay. Next, we have Kenzie Petty, a 29-year-old salon owner from Gibraltar, Michigan, now residing in Charlotte, North Carolina. Is described as a positive, creative, and perseverant uh, with favorite hobbies including jigsaw puzzles, fantasy romance novels, and playing cards. Despite taking significant risks in opening her salon without a business background, she successfully navigated challenges including the pandemic and takes pride in maintaining a happy and cooperative work environment for her team of artists. Additionally, she reveals a hidden competitive side describing herself as a savage in Catan, showcasing her strategic gaming prowess not immediately apparent. Okay, so I have like a short list of winner picks. Kenzie's on my short list. Um, I'm like worried to say too much about my short Like, I'm not going to order my short list, but I will say when people are on my short list because like I don't want Chris to draft my winner picks. Oh, I'm taking notes for sure. Um, the other thing is that I know that Chris has a bad memory, so who knows if he'll remember that I really like Kenzie. But I'm taking uh, notes. I. I think that the like salon owner aspect is uh we saw it in Jam Jam, like it was a great, like uh very good at making connections very quickly and being able to read people very well. Um and then the other aspects of like she loves jigsaw puzzles. That's huge. <laughs> like mm-hmm. in Survivor, that's huge. Um so yeah. I I like her a lot. Nice. Yeah, I think uh I think the salon owner thing is good because you're probably like a people-y person, like talking to people. So that helps. Some of the, uh, yeah, I, he I, he brought great fruit up. So I don't know. Sorry. Uh, the interviews that I listened to, um, the interviewer asked like, okay, so I know you can't talk to anybody, but like you're at this resort with all the other people that are going to be on your season. Who are you getting good vibes of? Who are you getting bad vibes from? Like, who are you going to be excited about being on the same tribe with when if, if you're on the same tribe? And a lot of people noted Kenzie as like, I get good vibes from that girl. Oh, um, but that could be dangerous. They yes, that was also true of Caleb last season. And like, that was a problem. So I was like, that's a positive, but also could be bad. Mm-hmm. All right. 
Next on Yanu, we have David Jelinski, who I believe is going to be going by Jelinski. That's what I think too, yeah. Um, a 22-year-old slot machine salesman from Las Vegas, Nevada, known for being passionate, confident, and intelligent, has evolved from his hot-headed days into someone who listens and offers thoughtful advice. Despite excelling in literature academically and taking the risk of dropping out for a year after high school, his varied background includes being a former professional ballroom dancer and a ballet scholarship recipient, surprising aspects not immediately apparent. Uh I think Jelinski is very uh, interesting. I could really see him going like a couple different ways. Um, I could see him being similar to like even like a Jesse, maybe more like a Sammy from season 43, Mm -hmm. Um, like going pretty far in the game. I could also. One of the vibes that I get from Jelinski is he feels like he has a lot of life experience, but he also is still only 22. And I feel like he maybe would do great at this game if he waited like four years. But because he's playing now, he's going to get a little bit overly ambitious or overly cocky or rub people the wrong way. That is. Uh, I worry of his like evolving from hot headed days because Survivor is a game that's going to like test your limits and that could, we could see a return of some hot headedness, which might not go over well. Yeah. Um, all right. We yeah. got two more. Uh, we have Q Burdett. A 29-year-old real estate agent from Senatobia, Mississippi, now residing in Memphis, Tennessee, is described as brave, polite, and proud, with favorite hobbies including fishing, riding four-wheelers slash jet skis, and building houses. Known as the risk-taking and luckiest friend, this individual took a significant life-changing risk by quitting their job to pursue a career in real estate, showcasing a determined and reliable character. Additionally, there are unexpected aspects such as being the first in their entire family to graduate college, having the ability to eat two boxes of pizza in one sitting, being a proficient swimmer, and being described as a joy to be around. Oh, so what uh, What they did not know, what JetGBT did not know, is that he at one point was the second uh, like best salesman or whatever. Uh, best realtor like second most selling realtor i guess i'm not sure how that how to properly say that record um in like a month or something he had like some award for being like an incredibly high selling realtor um oh it's not in that list of interview questions that's why chat gpt oh that makes sense um being a good salesman is good for survivor yeah exactly i'm like i think that he uh the idea of like being a really good salesman is a, I don't think of real estate agents as being like they're amazing salesmen, but they also like dealing with conflict a lot between like the seller and the buyer. Um, look, I feel like that could be really good. And he also seems pretty athletic, uh, which good early game, rougher later game. Um, so yeah, he likes I'm fishing. Just like, so that could be good to get some food. Um, eating two boxes of pizza in one sitting. I mean, that's not really going to help you. No, but that what that tells me is that he like uh he probably works out a lot. Yeah. Says he's a good swimmer. That could be helpful also. Uh I th- I feel pretty good about Q. Yeah, I feel pretty good about him too. All right. Our final Yanu member is Tiffany Nicole Irvin, a 33-year-old artist from Franklin Township, New Jersey, currently residing in Elizabeth, New Jersey. Is described as curious, passionate, and artistic. With favorite hobbies including painting, photography, and indulging in eating out. 
Known for living in a land of rainbows and unicorns, this individual, despite being a habitual procrastinator and having no filter, took a courageous step by pursuing a full-time career in art after being laid off in 2020, with the decision proving to be even more successful than anticipated. Additionally, the love for playing the lottery reveals a hidden desire for taking big chances, showcasing a willingness to gamble that might come into play in situations like Survivor. And I have one extra oh. clip of her hot take that I wanted to play as well. Oh, I don't remember what her hot take was. I don't think this is a hot take because I, I doubt I'm the only person that feels this way, but I don't know why people just don't know how to shut the fuck up. Like, why <laughs> do you feel that when you get an advantage or an idol that you have to tell somebody? Yes. Yes. I do remember that. Uh, yeah, I like Tiffany a lot. I you giving that clip made me remember a lot because I remember like reading some stuff about her and not being that excited about it, and then hearing her talk and being like, "Oh, I think that she's gonna get along with people, and I think she's gonna be great." Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I like her. I also kind of clipped that because I fully expect for her to get an advantage and immediately tell somebody about it, just because that's what oh yeah, do. Uh-huh. yes, it is what people do. Um, because you need, like, yeah, you should shut the fuck up, but you also need some sort of, like, actual information to share with people, so when you have that information, you're like, this can build trust, like, this can, Mm -hmm. this is information that I have that they don't have. Um, yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. I think that between, like, here's my hot take on Yanu. I think that they are going to go to tribal, like, the least pre- merge i think most of these people are making the merge okay uh because like a lot of them seem like pretty physically strong and they seem like they have some good like mental puzzly people there too i think that they're gonna do well like this seems like a challenge beast tribe a little bit okay um i don't know i do know that yanu kind of sounds every time i say it or hear it, it reminds me of Yondu, who is Michael Rooker's character in Guardians of the Galaxy. And that was a fun character. Yeah. The uh none of them quite are, but all of them, all of the tribe names kind of sound like um complete sentences. <laughs> like Yanu, Siga, Nami. Uh-huh. Like they all sound like they could be sentences, you know? Yeah, if you're com- Communicating purely in the world of The Sims or something. Sure, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing, they released the names of the first three episodes of Survivor 46. Oh, really? Premiere episode is going to be called This is Where the Legends Are Made. Second mm, episode quote. Second episode is Scorpio Energy. Oh, Kenzie quote? Uh, that's what I, I was thinking, Kenzie, also. Uh, and then the third episode is Wackadoodles Win. Uh, we have a whole tribe we haven't heard about yet Ben maybe from last time we talked about this the one who loved transcendental shreditation I feel like he might talk mm. about yakadoodles wackadoodles I mean, same thing thanks so. uh, alright that's all I got for Survivor 46 this week we'll have the last tribe to talk about next week and then the week after that we'll be talking about the season yeah wow it's so soon I'm so excited but we should probably talk about Samoa the first 27 days of Samoa. Yeah, let's... Can we... Can we just not... And, like, just decide that we're going to skip these episodes from now on? 
I mean, I'll keep watching them. Uh, we saw, I noted two things. One, Russell apparently made over a million dollars the year before filming, which I don't think had yes. been mentioned yet, but gets mentioned later. So it didn't need to be included here. Like it could have been left out because it gets mentioned later. <laughs> yeah. I In the next episode, it gets in like a previously on. And I was like, I think that, I thought that was a new scene. That makes me feel better. Cause I was like, I'm pretty sure that this was not. Like you had to have watched the skippable episode in order to get this scene. That makes me feel better for thinking that. Yeah. And then the other one was the big chicken net trap was kind of fun. When they lost their chicken, they set up a big mm-hmm. net to try to trap it. And it worked. So that was fun. That's it. But that also, like, we did see that they lost the chicken. And also that they had gotten the chicken back. We just didn't see how that happened. Mm-hmm. So, like, eh. This episode was totally skippable. And they uh, pretty much always are. Yes, indeed. Uh, the, the thing about Russell making like almost $2 million in the last year, the important thing is that he told people, specifically Mick, about this. Mm-hmm. And that was a wild thing for him to do. I will say for the next eight seasons, so season 20 to season 27, I like made a list of like how many episodes they are for like future planning for us. And only two of those eight have the look back episode. Good. So I think it is going away. Um, I hate it so much, Chris. All right. Well, let's move on to episode 12, Off With Our Heads. We start the night after Laura got eliminated in episode 10. Shambo says, Medusa has been dethroned. Isn't that hysterical? She really hated Laura. Um, And Monica is upset that John flipped in the tiebreak vote. You know that there's a whole thing about Medusa being like, she's not a monster. She's a victim of what people have done to her. Sure. I don't know. Yeah. Just maybe Medusa's not as evil as people think, you know? I mean, she might have been turned into this monster, but she's still doing pretty fucked up stuff, turning people into like stone or whatever. Uh, This is kind of like a, it's in Percy Jackson a lot, specifically the TV show talks about it a lot, but uh, it is like, it's a self-defense mechanism. She has like, she only turns people to stone that are attacking her. Hmm. I don't know. I don't know if I buy that. I mean, that's that's the claim. I'm not saying that, like, it's true. I'm saying, like, this is... She gets a lot of people that attack her. She lives in, like, a building full of statues of people she's created. Yeah, well, stop coming at her, you know? I guess. Day 28, tree mail is a bunch of money. We get an auction. This is the 12th auction that we've seen out of 17 auctions. So we have five more that we could, that we will see. Really? Mm-hmm. That's it? That's it. Out of like 20 That's... seasons to see still. So like one in four from the ones that we have left will have an auction. Oh, that's so sad. And uh, this season that's about to air, 46, does not have an auction, Jeff said. I did see that. Because of some bullshit about how it's hard to do. Mm-hmm. Limited resources. Uh, So we go to the auction. They each get $500 to spend. I'll rattle some of these things off. Uh, Natalie gets a peanut butter and jelly sandwich for $200. Shambo gets a covered item, which ends up being sea noodles and slug guts with a little bit of Parmesan, which is a nice mm-hmm. topping. Which she just, like, happily eats. Uh-huh. Uh, Monica gets a covered item that ends up being a whole roasted chicken. And I was like, damn, that's got to be, like, one of the best auction items, actually, because it's, like, a lot of food, a lot of protein. Like, that's probably good stuff for... And... and- Tasty, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I regularly get 
whole rotisserie chicken. So like I'm I'm all for it. Another covered covered item that Jeff says is a significant advantage and a challenge, or it's like a not covered so much as like you just don't know what the advantage is. Jason spends all his money on it. Uh, we'll find out what that is at the challenge. We get Mick spending all his money on a cheeseburger, fries, and beer. And I noted, Jesus Christ, that burger is massive. There's a shot when he picks it up, and it is huge. It also, Jason is like, why the fuck did I buy this advantage? <laughs> He wanted that cheeseburger so bad. Hey, he puts it to good use. He gets a win from it. Um, the John for two hundred dollars gets a clue for a location to the hidden immunity idol, even though like he thinks that uh, Russell already has it, which she does. Uh, Natalie for one hundred twenty dollars, cheapest thing so far, gets a shower and clean underwear. And John for three hundred dollars gets an apple pie slice, or he can swap it and give four other people a slice, but he doesn't get anything. And he chooses to keep it himself. Yeah, which, which big mistake, <laughs> huge mistake, like obvious mistake. Yeah. Well, I guess it's yeah, it's a weird thing because I think like because of how John is, like if Russell had done that, I don't think it would have surprised anybody. It wouldn't have been a thing of note. It would have just been like, yeah, okay, that's Russell being Russell. Although I think uh, Russell would have shared it. I also think Russell would have shared it. I also there are people who are not John. Who got like good food items. So he could have chosen the four people that didn't get to eat anything to all get to eat. And like it didn't have to be like I think he was maybe avoiding having to make like a political decision. Uh-huh. But it's just like, Monica, you got chicken. Natalie, you got sandwich. Uh Mick, you got a cheeseburger. Everyone else, come have some pie. Right. But then he doesn't get any. But I mean it's apple pie. Yeah. But also he has a clue to an immunity idol. That's true. Yeah, it was a mistake. Um, that was the end of it. Um, Quite a few people didn't get anything here. Dave doesn't get anything. Brett doesn't get anything. Russell doesn't get anything. Um, I was kind of surprised. Yeah, auctions are weird, but they're fun. They are fun. Uh, John, you afterwards, John uses his clue to try to find the hidden idol, not knowing for sure if Russell already has it. Um, Shambo uh, warns a chicken that they're going to eat it. And says that she'll talk to the chicken in heaven when she goes to heaven, which is something. Um, Jason uh-huh. requests to rotisserie the chicken. Shambo says no, because you lose a lot of it that way. And then Dave comes up critiquing Shambo's cooking style by because she's boiling it for like two hours. Um, he says he won the chickens, and so he should get some say in how they prepare it. And Shambo disagrees. She's really angry, really going through the emotions of killing this chicken that was a friend of hers yeah um, shambo is really bad at survivor yeah uh-huh which is why she's last as long as she does it's because right. nobody she's like not a threat to anybody but she also just like yeah she's like not good strategically but she also just like pisses everybody off does she think that she would get a single vote from anybody i don't know like, what is she doing what is her plan i think that she's just like surviving and trying like trying to get to the end but like is she trying to win i don't know if she thinks that far ahead Mm, that's fair that's fair that night she has a dream that they voted dave off and so the next day she's like we should probably vote dave off and russell's like and russell's like okay okay yeah sounds good uh he's like yep that dream must be a sign let's get rid of dave uh and russell says like to the camera that he just needs her for one more vote and then he has the numbers um we go to the next day, day 30, where there's an immunity challenge. 
There's a rope connected to a heavy log. They have to hold it up. Every three minutes, their hand moves further down the rope, making it harder. We uh, saw this in season 45. Yeah, I, I like uh, these are good, like somewhat good endurance challenges. I had a problem. Was it this one? Uh, yeah. So in this one, Jeff clearly stated when they started that they had to start with their right hand. But then with how the knots worked out, that meant that your final grip was also your right hand. And I thought that would be unfair if somebody was left-handed, that they should be able to start with their dominant hand. So the final grab is also with their dominant hand. Uh, I wonder if he just knew that everybody was right-handed. Yeah, that's possible. I didn't uh, like watch closely enough to check everybody. I meant to, but I didn't. But I, I only noted it because he very clearly, he didn't say just like grab it to start. He was like, all right, everybody grab with your right hand. And I was like, that's weird. Um, But yeah, it might be that they're all right-handed, so it didn't matter. Uh, But Jason reveals his advantage here that at any point he can move his hand up two notches on the rope, um, which shortens the rope, makes it easier to hold the log, and also means that at the last stage, there is no knot. He will still have a knot that can help hold his hand. I thought this was a huge advantage. This is great. Yeah, like a giant, giant advantage. Uh Uh-huh. Jason uses it pretty early. At the nine minute mark, at 21 minutes, Shambo drops Which is out. Also a great use of it. Like, use it earlier, as early as you can, essentially. Yeah, so not when you're you... already tired. Right. Yep. Uh, so, yeah, so he uses it early. Then, uh, when they get to 21 minutes, Shambo drops, Russell drops at 24 minutes. Everybody's at their final location. Um, Monica drops, John, Brett drops, Mick drops, Natalie drops, and it's down to Dave and Jason. Um, Dave really putting in his effort here but jason pulls out the win with his advantage and earns immunity um the current like immediate thought at camp is that dave is gonna go because they're counting on shambo's votes um john starts talking to russell about like trying to make some moves he's like galoo's running scared but if we can get rid of a foa foa then like you like john and russell can be in the clear and go far and he's like let's go for mick um john is confident russell has the idol and then russell tells him where it is he's like okay where did you look and russell like gives him even more of a clue about or more just directly like where it was um and russell wants to get rid of john because he's a threat and because he knows about the idol um russell takes the idea of getting rid of john to dave he asks if dave can tell monica without john finding out makes it clear that if it isn't john it's going to be dave um, right. russell Russell takes this plan to Mick as well, who tells Jason about it. Um, Jason, Jason warns of it causing a 4-4 tie next round because Shambo will flip back on them. So if like, Shambo wants Dave gone, and if they don't do what she wants, then she might flip back on them, which causes them problems. Um, which I thought was a very smart move. And the way that Jason talks about this is like, uh, we are doing the exact same thing to her that they did to her. And mm-hmm. so like, She's going to turn on us, too. Um, which I was very smart. Doesn't end up happening. But, like, they should have listened to Jason, I think. Yeah, I think it was a good move as well. Um, yeah, so we go to Tribal Council. There's some general shock. <laughs> Jeff is surprised that Shambo is surprised to hear that people were scrambling before the vote. He's like, you're surprised at this point in the game that people are, like, scrambling to make moves? Yeah, Shambo had said, it was really peaceful today, and Russell was like, it was the most strategic day that I've had, and mm-hmm. Shambo was, like, shocked. 
yeah. that people were doing anything and talking to each other. Yeah, Shambo's very like, I don't know, like linear. She's like, Dave should go. Russell's like, all right, Dave's gonna go. And Shambo's like, all right, our work's done. Dave's gone. And people have thought. And Dave There's doesn't do anything. Yeah. Dave just sits there and does nothing. Right. So Dave ends up getting voted out seven to one to one. Um, John was the off vote. He voted for uh Mick. Mick. Um, yeah. And, and Shambo voted for Dave. Yeah. Did I say Dave got voted out? Is that correct? No, John got voted John out. Get, John got voted out. Yeah, I said Dave. John got voted out seven to one to one. Shambo voted Dave. John and Shambo are both surprised by the votes. Laura on the jury, I noted, was happy to see Shambo's surprised face. Um, so they didn't end up listening to Jason's idea of being like, hey, let's just get rid of Dave and keep Shambo happy. They went with John. Right. Which is likely a Russell push, I would guess. Uh, um, yeah, I think that's true. But then, like, the next episode that we'll talk about is called Damage Control. And uh, Russell does damage control real quick, and Shambo doesn't seem to care. Yeah. This episode was weird. This next one, damage control. Yes, super weird. Uh, I kept thinking that there was going to be a twist, and it there wasn't, like, to the players, there was no twist. To the audience, it was a double elimination episode. Right. But, like, not in any gameplay fun I mean, strategy. The, the somewhat twist for the players was just, like, it was extra fast compared to how it usually is. Yeah, they skipped reward challenges, but, st- like... yeah. I was so confused. Even I... the show had an error um, in the Chiron at one point. It said day 32, and then later it went back to day 31 because it was really throwing <laughs> me off because I was like, what is happening? And then the later it had it fixed, or they just showed us a scene in the wrong order. Right. Yeah, I saw something about that, and I was... Um, I also... So with this episode, I was like, this is weird that there's like a double elimination here. We've seen double eliminations in other ways that are not, like, just, like, a twice-as-long episode, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, or not, sorry, this isn't twice-as-long. It's just, like, a two-half-length episodes, basically. Um, and so I was going to do a quiz for you that was, like, what other episodes have we seen that had double eliminations in them? Um, and ask you, like, who got eliminated in these episodes? And holy shit. It is impossible to do. Um, and if you think that, I definitely would think that because my survivor memory is awful. Yeah, maybe it would be better for me to, like, in Cook Islands, there was a point when they did a double elimination where they did, like, a, there was, like, a sealed bottle that they had to open at Tribal Council, and it was, like, actually vote someone else out right now. Go. Uh, and it was a double elimination. And maybe I should give you, like, three names, and you have to pick the one that wasn't eliminated. Uh, but that would still be almost impossible because I'm not sure if you remember Cook Islands had people named Rebecca and Jenny. They were eliminated I, that episode. I remember Jenny. I don't remember Rebecca. Was Rebecca uh, on the Black Tribe? Yes. And Jenny was on the Asian Tribe. Uh, I believe so. Yes. Oh, when I see a picture of Jenny, I remember. Um, Survivor Forty One. Uh, so in the new era, we've seen it a lot. Yes. Um, so often at like final 10 vote, they'll split into do like do two mini tribals. So do do you have any memories of who that was in 41 or 42 or 43? 
Um, in 41, uh, I'm not going to remember names. In 41, it was a big deal because because they would do it where like one tribe would have their... Are you including like when it's a, like both tribes have tribal, like that sort of double elimination? Uh, so 41 also had that kind of double elimination. There were two different double eliminations that happened oh, in 41. That one I remember because it that's where it brought up a lot of like the race discussion because the second tribe walked in and saw like, was that not 41? That was 42. Oh, okay. That's the one I but it was kind also, of remember. That, they were like still on the same tribe. They were just like split for this tribal. Right. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So it was like, it was post merge. Yeah. But then who was that in 42? Um, uh, Caleb? Is he in 42? No. Wrong season? No, he was 45. Uh, but he was eliminated in that double tribal thing in 45. Yeah. Um, he, he smashed the hourglass. Uh, he, the first syllable of his name sounds like pebbles. Rocks Roy. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Uh, it, and so the second group was going to either vote out Drea or Marianne, but instead, because they didn't want to put a third black person on the jury, they well, instead voted out. Well, not just that. They also played idols, so they couldn't. Well, yes, correct. Oh, they voted out, uh, is her name start with a T? Tori? Yes. Yeah. Tori, yeah. Good job. Uh, 41 voted out Nasir and Ebby. Okay. Um, yeah. That was like to start the jury, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, 43. This was also a major plot point because, uh, like Jesse and Gabler and Cody were like, if depending on who the first people vote out will affect who we're going to vote out in ours. Um, and the first vote out was when they used like Owen's steal the vote thing or Noel steal the vote. Noel stole Owen's vote. And voted out James, which then made the other team vote out Ryan. Okay. Uh, in 45, they did it in two tribes of six, or two teams of six. Um, and voted out Sifu and then Caleb. Right, okay, okay. Because Katura didn't want to go to Rocks for Caleb. I wouldn't want to go to Rocks for Caleb either. For anybody. I don't want to go to Rocks. No, Although, I was like, why? You don't like Caleb? If I was on Survivor, uh, I would be super overly confident in going to rocks i'd be like yeah i'll go to rocks whatever i love gambling uh pre-merge like two different tribes going to tribal in the same episode happens very frequently how about in pearl islands uh sean and austin austin quit in that episode but it was out of tribal council uh how about in vanuatu with people named john and mia don't remember either of those people uh, Willard and Angie in Palau, Brian and Margaret in Guatemala, Christina and Cowboy got eliminated this way in Cook Islands. Uh, and then recently we saw it in from Ace and Dan in Gabon. Um, but yeah, interesting. Uh, yeah, I would uh, quite a lot of double eliminations. This is only the second, I think. Uh, like double elimination that we have seen um, that is like this because there was also a other than finale episodes uh, yeah that's fair the, the like the premiere of Gabon I remember us being like oh shit this is exciting it's a two hour premiere but it was actually just like two episodes in one yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. I remember that Um, but anyway let's talk about this episode because it's 
just it just feels weird. Yeah, we get the damage control right at the beginning of the episode of the night after John got eliminated instead of Dave, like Shambo wanted. She's stunned. Russell tries to explain to um that John was gunning for Shambo and he didn't fill her in, so that way she wouldn't have to break her any word against voting for him or anything like that. Which was a nice, smart cover up. Uh yeah, it, but she like totally buys this and does not at all question like, so why didn't I get a vote tonight? And I was a little surprised by that. Sorry, my computer's but about to is like, Wait, what do you mean what? what do you mean not didn't get a vote tonight? Uh if John was like really pushing for Shambo to go, it feels like John should have been voting for Shambo and not voting for Mick. Uh I see what you mean. I interpreted that as like she didn't get to place the vote and Oh no, yeah. against her. That would require Shambo to like think about the game. And she doesn't. <laughs> That's fair. Russell is smart in knowing that like Shambo's not gonna consider these types of things. Yep, we go to the next day, which the show said was day 32, but I think is actually day 31. Um, Jason and Monica and Brett are on the beach asking about who they would vote for. And they this is where, like, Russell as a threat starts to, like, build up in discussion. Um, Jason is also working on a little bit of jury resume building, I think, by, like, talking more to the glue people. Um, right. He reveals to them that Russell has lots of money and doesn't need the money. And Brett is hoping to see some more cracks in Foa Foa. And we go to an immunity challenge, which is a bowling tournament. Yeah. This I was living the... in a challenge, Chris. This is the way. Was it uh, Sean? Yeah. Season uh-huh. one bowling. Wow. I cannot believe that you remember that. That island living, you know? Um, this is the way to include a like sports activity where people get multiple chances, and I was here for it because they get to roll two balls like you do in bowling, and so they do matches. Uh, uh, most pins to knock down. Um, it ends up leading to the final round of Shambo versus Jason, and Jason wins immunity two in a row. Um, yeah, so we get some time back at camp. Russell tells Monica that Dave is going home. She doesn't think he's a threat. She mentions that they should go for Shambo. Which, trying to follow up that Dave's not a threat by suggesting Shambo is maybe not the best idea. Um, Fair. She mentions that most of the jury is Galoo. Uh, and Russell's. this makes Russell think, like, ooh, I can beat Dave, so maybe voting, like, keeping him around isn't the worst idea. Um, and Russell goes to talk to Dave, and he's tells Dave, like, listen, I'm surprised you haven't talked to me yet. Like, you're clearly going, so, like, you got to make some moves. Throw me some ideas. Um, he mentions going for Shambo. Dave is skeptical that it might not actually be happening, which he should be because it doesn't. We get a, an early tribal council in the episode. Shambo mentions that the John blind side was more of a shock for her, um, which Jeff is like, that's good jury work. You mentioning that. And she's like, what? No, it wasn't jury work. Like, I really was surprised. And I right. fully believe that, that she would not be thinking to influence the jury. Um, and they vote out Dave seven to one. And we still have half an episode left, which means we're going to get a whole nother cycle. Um, this is this would be busy for them. This is more like modern Survivor because they had a tribal council on day 30, day 31, and day 33. Pretty quick. Damn. Uh, I was like, I was looking at the time on this episode because I was like, it's wild that they're already at tribal council. Um, and I was like, is there going to be like a twist given to them at tribal council. I just kept waiting for Jeff to say something. Right. And nope, nothing. Um, yeah, we get 
only a little bit with day 32. Mick is starting to worry about Russell as well. And we go to day 33 where they have an immunity challenge. We have to run out into the water to retrieve bags and then um, hop on a plank to catapult the bags into a basket. We've seen this challenge before. Um, and it looked kind of fun. Yeah. I was wondering about the physical differences of this just because they all have like the same size bags and catapulting in different spots, but they can adjust the like leverage of the catapult. Um, and so that factors in, I think. Um, and Brett ends up winning immunity here. Um, Russell talks to Mick and Jason after after the immunity challenge that Monica is clearly next to go. Um, Mick, Monica, and Brett talk. Um, Mick likens Russell to a snake um, that like you befriend or it bites you. And then you're like trying to wonder what you did wrong to the snake or something like that. Um Mick talks to Jason about his worry of Russell. Monica's trying to talk to Russell and like she's doing what she can to try to not get voted off basically and says that he needs to put people on the jury that will actually vote for him. She mentions that Jason mentioned to her that the idol is only good until day 26, which just worries Russell because he's like, why would Jason be talking about my idol? He must be like talking about me. Uh, she also reveals Rich. that she knows about Russell's money. So Russell's definitely worried about Jason after all of that. Um, and he is very angry about this. He goes and confronts Natalie and he's like, why would you tell people this? You broke our deal by revealing secrets. And she's like, I didn't. And Russell believes her like instantly. He's like, okay, cool. I'll talk to somebody yeah, else. Well, they go, they together go to Brett and are like, who the fuck told you? Mm -hmm. And Brett's like, uh, Jason. Yeah. So he kind of, he confronts uh, Jason. Jason denies it, um, and Russell getting angry about this worries Jason even more about Russell. Uh, and we go to tribal council. Russell wears his idol to tribal council, even though he doesn't have to play this episode. He could play it one more uh, in the next episode. Um, there's discussion of Russell being angry today, and then eventually Monica gets voted out five to two. I thought this tribal council was very fun because Monica is like still openly poking russell's buttons mm -hmm. uh she's like laughing at him and like at how upset he was uh at tribal council which felt like fun like jury management for her a little bit like if she happens to survive this vote but then also like uh tearing russell down a little bit in front of the jury mm -hmm. uh like to like weaken russell's jury like view um that i thought was very fun and smart and like I'm not sure if she was doing it on purpose or not, but it seemed very, uh, I don't know, intentional. Yeah, I think she was. I thought it was smart, too. She was actually, like, fighting for, like, trying to make something happen. Um, and, like, especially seeing Russell get angry that day probably clued her in of, like, ooh, that's where I can see some cracks. If I can set him off, maybe he'll, like, make some irrational decision or something like that. Um, so we say goodbye to Monica, which ends the episodes that we're going to talk about this week. Next week, we'll watch the 14, 15, and 16, which will be the finale, or the one before the finale, the finale, and the reunion. Patrick, for this week, do you have a luxury item? I do. Um, I am going to say Girl Scout cookies, specifically Samoas. We just got some, and wow, I don't know if I have any cookie that I like more than Samoas. Samoas are pretty They're good. so good. There's like an off-brand that you can buy just like year-round at the grocery store. So if you they're, crave them when the Girl Scout cookies are not around. But they're not as good as the Girl Scout ones. They're not as good as the Girl Scout ones. 
I think that I need to try to like make some from scratch and see if I can make them. They will be different, but potentially still good. Mm-hmm. Thanks. Those um, are my favorite ones. Yeah. As well. I I get a lot of people are just like anti coconut. There are other Girl Scout cookies that you can enjoy, and you know that's fine too. I just nothing's better than a Samoa to me. It's like a Twix, but plus coconut. So good. Um, nice. I have uh two luxury items only because um one is only like a partial thing and i'm pretty sure i've probably mentioned it before but i'll say it anyways which is the movie roadhouse um it's an older movie from like the 80s or 90s um that is so so good uh it is um i was trying to look up the actual time oh no it's being remade with Jake Gyllenhaal, and what? I'm gonna I'm gonna see it, but it's not gonna be as good as the original. So the original was from 1989, stars Patrick Swayze. It's got Sam Elliott in there and some other people that you might recognize, but those are like the two big ones. Um, if you don't know the premise of Roadhouse, or if I've already mentioned it, too bad. I'm gonna do it again. The premise is Patrick Swayze plays this guy named Dalton, who's a bouncer for bars. He is nationally known. So, like, people know this guy who is a, like, famous bouncer. So much so that, like, he goes into this this bar, calls him up from several states away to be like, hey, we need your services. Because our their, our their bar is, like, out of control with customers being, like, too drunk and unruly. And so they call him up from several states away. And he comes. And when he shows up, people are like, oh, shit, that's Dalton. Like, they know this bouncer. And then he turns out that it's, like, this small town that's run by this rich asshole and um he kind of has to go to war with this rich jerk and his cronies and take him down uh it is fantastic so fun highly recommend it i worry that i don't think the jake gyllenhaal one is gonna be it's definitely not gonna be as good i worry it's trying to take itself too seriously and it should be much more like over the top ridiculousness well and like just give her the fucking scarf back jake um, I learned about this movie from uh, one of the principals or dean of students at the high school I used to teach at. Um, shout out to Mr. Shoemate. Um, he introduced it in some like professional development we were doing because Patrick Swayze in it, as Dalton says, that he he follows three rules when he's like being a bouncer for the bar. Um, which is expect the unexpected, take it outside, and be nice. And he was telling us that we should do similar stuff in our classroom. And I was like, I haven't seen this movie, but that got me curious. And so I saw it and I was like, holy shit, this movie is great. Um, yeah. So check out the original Roadhouse starring Patrick Swayze. Highly recommended. Very fun. Uh, rated R. Not appropriate for children. Very violent. Uh, yeah. Love it. And I'll save the other thing I was going to recommend for next week. Because I know we're no, talking about okay. Roadhouse longer than I expected to. So, listeners, if you've got a favorite Girl Scout cookie, email us. Let us know what it is. If you've got a favorite uh, fun, ridiculous movie from like the 80s or 90s or whatever, let us know. I'm always looking for movie recommendations. Uh, you can email us those ideas at tribalcouncilpodcast at gmail.com. And for this week of Tribal Council, this is Chris signing off. This is Patrick. And the tribe has spoken. Oh, 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 o
the premise of the new roadhouse is that he's like a ufc fighter that yeah given up fighting and that makes me very wary they're trying to anyway. make it oh, wait, make wait, 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 sense wait. and it doesn't make sense he's a bouncer who's known around the country by just people <laughs> um he also tells a story about how he rips out a guy's throat so that's fun i'm not even sure what that means you know, you punch it in, you rip his throat out, and it kills him. I guess, like... And he tells this story... throat is different than, like, neck, I guess. Earlier <laughs> in the movie, like, and boy howdy, is it a Chekhov's gun of a story? Because you're like, am I going to get to see him rip a guy's throat out? And I don't want to spoil it. You gotta watch the movie to find out. But it, but it is Chekhov's... Well, I mean, that's what I throat, thought throat when punch. I saw it the first time, is what I'm saying. Chekhov's throat punch. Classic literature. More of a throat rip out. He doesn't punch it. He rips it out. Well, yeah, but that's not what happens in the checkoff play. That's a throat punch. <laughs> yeah, I'm not familiar. Uh, all right. I don't know how much of this is still being recorded, but there we go. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs>